and boom goes the dynamite. It's Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Kevin Ely and I are back for a new episode of The Boom. I'm your host, James McDaniel. Kevin, how's your week been so far, buddy? I'm doing better now, but I was sick earlier this week. Were you? Yeah, it's a couple of days. I, I was just I, like foggy. I hadn't, I hadn't been seeing a lot of you, and I, I hadn't thought yeah. to answer why. I've been I had, too self-involved this week. Very Dan House and aesthetic I've been doing this week. <laughs> it's quite all right. I'm better now, though. I'm ready. Thank goodness for that. Uh, let's see. All right. So this is a, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got AEW awards. There's still stuff I want to talk about having to do with Cody. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, we're, we're of course at the end of the show we're going to go do our preview of the pay per view, which this is our last boom before the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and I'm really excited for Revolution. This this card. I'll say this before we move into everything else. Mm-hmm. There's not the one big fight that everybody's been anticipating for years, right. like Adam Page versus uh, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. But every fight, every match is a really, really solid match on this card. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing I want to talk about with Cody and and the, the low ratings the week that Cody left, because mm-hmm. a lot of people were wondering, did that have to do with Cody? And and. And initially, I thought two hundred thousand people. That's there's no way. Yeah. But a lot of people I know did not watch that week, and it was because they were upset over Cody. Really? And I really it really. And I and this is this isn't kids. This is forty four year old men <laughs> that didn't watch because they were so butthurt yeah. over Cody Rhodes leaving. And they weren't mad at Cody. They were mad at Tony Khan, hmm. even though there was no real reason. To show that it was on to, on to on Tony Khan, right? And it hit me how what a different emotional attachment I have and other people my age have with AEW because there's so many of us that simply were checked out on WWE for so long. Yeah, it didn't feel like we had like real wrestling existed anymore. Mm-hmm. Oliver Cop is one of those guys who I'm hoping we're going to have on for a preview of Double or Nothing here mm-hmm. in a couple months. Um, he talked. He used to work for WCW, work for WWE, and talked about how he was out of wrestling until AEW brought him back. Yeah, and the fact that it's a fellow fan like Tony Khan that brought it back and gave us this gift, which many of us never thought would happen. Right. I think we have a deeper, a deeper connection to AEW in general and the founders, and especially I think the older guys like like me like Oliver and probably like you Mm -hmm. have a little bit more of a connection with Cody because while, you know, I like the young bucks and I love Kenny Omega, that's not necessarily the exact style of wrestling I grew up with. And Cody seemed to be the one guy of the EVPs who was kind of pushing initially for that sort of throwback to a WCW ish style, Mm -hmm. even though we didn't see, we saw some wacky stuff out of Cody. I'll say that. Yeah. And it's not the wackiness that we were looking for, but um, there were there were people that were just angry that he was a part of this. They loved that he took control of his own destiny and left WWE and did, became his own man on the indies and in New Japan and didn't help create AEW. And for him to be leaving, whether or not he's really leaving, because you'd mm-hmm. think he'd be signed with WWE mm-hmm. by now. Mm-hmm. It hurt a lot of people's feelings, Kevin. Yeah. And that's that's the one thing I don't think we really talked about last week was that it hurt a lot of feelings and why it hurt a lot of feelings. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. And especially where who people are mad at is interesting. Yeah. 
everybody seems to default to Tony Khan on whatever they're mad at. Right. Because I've been having this. I've been I've recently jumped into a couple days old argument in fight game media about Tony Khan overhyping announcements. Yeah. And I said, basically, in three years, he's overhyped one announcement. And that was Christian. I thought it was a little overhyped. And then uh, I think Paul Fontaine pointed out a second one that was legit. And even with that, that's two announcements that Mm -hmm. he is overhyped Mm -hmm. in three years. Right. And if you're only overhyping things once every 18 months in professional wrestling, you might want be one of the most low-key wrestling promoters in history. Because <laughs> every week WWE's hyping matches for the next show that never right. ever ha- that never even happen. Right. And they literally do this every week. They never happen. Right. Ever. Um, and and when you add on top of that all the things that he has brought that he didn't even announce. Danhausen, right. uh, Mercedes Martinez, so many, so many different people. So many. Um that got completely underhyped. Buddy Matthews this week, mm-hmm. who, by the way, is jacked. That man is saying his <laughs> prayers, taking he his is. vitamins. Yes. That may, he may be like, he's top three best bodies in AEW immediately, but yeah. like he's like Pac, but with an extra 50 pounds of meat on him. Right. <laughs> Johnny Hungy's no longer the meat man. No, I'm sorry no, to tell you. No. It's Buddy Matthews, my yes. friend. So. Another uh, really cool thing this week we 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 talked about last week that we wanted to do on the air. You want you wanted to do on the air particularly mm-hmm. the AW Awards. I was really excited for them last year and then couldn't find them, and now they're back. They're going to be, I believe, in March, March twenty third, yep. on YouTube right before Dynamite. And uh, do you want to take us through the categories? Let's talk through and let's make our picks. Yeah, let's do. We kind of held off on. I think we. I looked at it a little bit. I think you held off on looking at it because you wanted to. React live, I think. I voted, but then I totally okay. forgot who yeah. what the other categories were. And I yeah. realized as soon as I was done voting, like I don't remember any of the options. Yeah. I remember who I voted for, none of the yeah. options. So this is open for probably another week. I think it's the eighth, probably right after Dynamite. Um these will be open and, and listen, people, yeah. la- ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. You don't want the random people. You don't want the casuals that are only watching because they don't want to turn off Big Bang Theory. You don't want them, their choices, winning these these categories. No, No. It's on you. It's on the hardcores who listen to fight game media, who listen to the boom. You need to let your voice be heard or God only knows what's happening. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. So these categories are like pretty slammerific. Like they're. Yeah, they're not like. They're, they, they're not they, they're not like the Wrestling Observer Awards or something no, like that. Or, yeah. or like like I, I could see somebody taking like NFL awards and converting them over like mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, they're kind of SB ish. Like, yeah, there's a couple of like legit categories. Then there's just some random ones. Yeah. OK, we'll just take it one by one. So let's take the yeah. first one. Uh, number one is best moment on the mic. There and the choices, the choices are the CM Punk return. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Danielson calling out Kenny Omega. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, welcoming fans to Britsburg. I really liked that one. I thought I did it was too. underrated. Yeah. MJF. I yeah, go ahead. I, I kind of don't remember Brian calling out Kenny Omega. Like, I don't remember the yeah, promo I don't remember, that well. I, I couldn't tell you. And, and I mean, when you go vote, it does have a video for all these yeah. to refresh so they, your memory. They refresh you on everybody. Yeah. But, and that's something I didn't do because I thought if it was really meaningful and should have yes. won, I would remember it. And that sounds like a great moment. I don't have yeah. any memory of that I promo. I don't remember it very much. Uh, MJF thinking the Midwest is mid, 
which I don't remember specifically what that is. I kind of remember a little of that, but it was buried in like four weeks of like right. 10 out of 10 promos. I don't remember what, right. It, it doesn't necessarily stand out. It, to me, it should have just been MJF versus CM Punk should have mm -hmm. been the category and then thrown in or should have yeah. been the, the option and then threw in a little uh, bit of a cut, cut right. paste in well, some there, moments together. Funny. There's a whole other category coming up that kind of does that, what you're saying. Okay. Uh, and then the the fifth one is was, I mean, th it was between number one and this for me, which is Eddie Kingston is sent to punish Miro, which had the classic line of redeem these nuts. I, when I saw this, I thought, which one was this? And then I saw redeem these nuts. I was like, oh, OK, yeah. Yeah. Like I if I, I came real close to buying that shirt, that yeah. was an immediate like <laughs> that was immediate. Right. Like I remember you saying, like, <clears throat> there's a shirt right there. Yeah. Um. This is a tough category, but I like I decided I like I, I thought about each one of them. I couldn't remember the one, and it hit me like the best is sim is self evident. Like I don't need to think too much on yeah. this. CM Punk returning because it all it was was a promo. All it mm -hmm. was was him showing up and talking, mm -hmm. and it was trending eight to nine hours before it even happened, mm -hmm. and. I literally watched people's reactions to it on YouTube for weeks afterwards. Yeah. Nothing that's happened can top that this year. It's got to be that yeah. one in my opinion. Grown men were crying before it even started. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I can't remember how many millions of views it got within 24 hours. I probably watched it five times that night. And we're going to talk about this a little while later, but MJF might have been one of the men crying that night. <laughs> he might have he been, just, actually. Just yeah, might have been. You know, yeah. what's interesting, though, about that CM Punk promo based on what we just talked about is that night the CM Punk came back and did that was the night that Cody became irrelevant in AEW to me because oh, wow. Cody, Cody was the voice of AEW. He was the yeah. he was he was the spokesperson who spoke like the philosophy of AEW as you know, that this is the company for people like the people you just described. And when CM yeah. Punk came back, he became that guy. He became the spokesperson, the face, the person who represents, this is what AEW is all about, where I quit wrestling and now I'm coming back and all that. And I think that had a lot to do with it. And I think it had a lot to do with Cody's last promo on AEW where he specifically called out CM Punk and said, mm -hmm. I did all the things that he said he did. And looking back, if whenever the book gets written about Cody, I'm, I'm wondering how much CM Punk coming back had, had to do with Cody Cody's you know, you make such an excellent point here, and I'd like to expand it a little bit. Okay. To the fact who knew the AW awards would lead us into such analysis. conversations, right? <laughs> so Cody was the voice of AEW for two mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. I think it was hard. The only person in competition with him for best promo in the company was Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. One and two for two years. And now in the third year, AEW has expanded so greatly that Cody Rhodes doesn't even make the top five and best moment on the mic. Mm -hmm. And when we talked about previously, best on the mic, Eddie Kingston, mm -hmm. Miro, mm -hmm. CM Punk, Lambert, um, Dan Lambert, Britt Baker. We never even thought of Cody. Yeah. Because the talent has gotten so deep. That he doesn't register in that he doesn't register in the top five anymore. Right. I mean, I kind of wanted to say hook, but I would have just been that would have just been mean. <laughs> um, but that's a really good category, and it brings up yeah. a lot of interesting questions. And I think yeah. you're dead on there. I think you are. 
Okay, second category, best Twitter follow. This is an interesting category, mostly because I didn't know some of these people were great Twitter followers. Yeah, I got excited when I saw this, and then I was I was really surprised at a number of the people. I'll, I'll run through them. Okay. Num- number one, Nyla Rose, who I did not know had a Twitter. Number two, I actually Dion- did. I like her a lot. Okay. That's, I like her, but I didn't know she had a Twitter. Yeah, I really did. She's didn't. pretty funny. So number two is the Young Bucks, and mm-hmm. they kind of became super Twitter relevant after they individually left Twitter, and only the Young Bucks account still mm-hmm. stayed. And, of course, they always have, like, new bio. That's the big yep. tweet. And you go check what's in their bio. Frequently, it's something making you think Some Jeff Hardy's coming tonight, and he's not. Yeah. Right. Um, MJF, who is MJF in person, MJF on mm-hmm. Twitter, always going to be good. Brit, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who I realized I should be following on Twitter, and I don't think I am. Um, and number five, Orange Cassidy, who I also have never seen I had no idea pop up on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. I had no idea. And I'm a fan, and my immediate thought was my favorite AEW Twitter follow is Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor is freaking hilarious. Um, while he may, while a lot of people may consider him a little mid in the ring, he is he is an eight star guy on Twitter. He's hilarious, but he's not an option. So I decided my pick was the Young Bucks simply because, again, they're the ones that first popped into my head because every time there's a new bio thing, I see it, somebody retweets it, I go and look, and it always leads to an interesting discussion. There could very well be somebody on this list that I'm not like Britt Baker may have the best Twitter in the world, and I just don't realize it. But uh, since I can't vote for Chuck, I went with the Young Bucks. I voted for MJF just because I cannot believe this sort of uh, this bubble that he has around himself that keeps him from being canceled. The fact that he, yeah, it's, if he's a hundred percent MGF on TV, he's 110% MGF on Twitter <laughs> uh, without the censorship and just the awful things that he says to people. Just watching him like just, and the thing is, again, it's no different than him in person and you see him just burying dudes in yeah. wheelchairs <laughs> about being in wheelchairs <laughs> And that it's like a superpower. It's like right. that is his mutant power is the ability to not get canceled and God love him for it. Yeah. Um, that's a good pick. It, for me, it was between the Young Bucks and MJF. But uh, I, the thing is, I do need to follow Nyla Rose now because I and Orange Cassidy, I had no idea. And the, the reason I like Chuck Taylor so much is the goofiness that I like mm-hmm. about Best Friends, mm-hmm. which makes me think Orange Cassidy's probably a pretty similar follow. Yeah, I need to give him a give him give him a follow. All right, uh, you know what? We but, should all follow all five. If they're on the list, they have to be decent. You're right. I would do that right now, but I'll get distracted and I'll, yeah. <laughs> okay, and it's time for you to present biggest beatdown. Biggest beatdown. Uh, number one, the men of the year send Darby Allen on a trip, which I believe is when they threw him down a staircase in yeah. Daly's place. Number two, Brian Danielson kicks out Colt Cabana's tooth, which Solid. was pretty amazing. Uh, number three, the pinnacle takes down the inner circle at blood and guts, which is really more like a, just a full match there, but that was pretty yeah. intense. And then they threw Jericho off the top and, and it got really yeah. embarrassing when we realized the steel below Mm-hmm. Was steel printed on one side of cardboard, yeah. and not the other. <laughs> and I think, I think, look, we all know we've all been here at some point. You always yeah. print steel on both sides of your cardboard, right? Always. That's the move. That's amateur. That is the way. Yes. 
But I don't want to bag on that too much. It was Jeff Hawkins' favorite match of the year, I believe. So it was a good match. Yeah, it was Again, great. A great match until that moment. Very right. much like the uh, the death the, match. Yeah, which <laughs> noticeably is not on this poll. Not on this poll. Uh, number four, Hangman Page going sixty minutes with Brian Danielson. This and has to be an early five, favorite for you. Yeah, has to be. Yeah, that is. And number five, Thunder Rosa taking down Britt Baker DMD, which I assume is the lights out match. Has to be the lights out match. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look at the video to make sure, but that's what I would think it is. So for me, I uh, yeah, Hangman Page and the the draw was my favorite match of the year. So I have to vote for that. And I'm going with Thunder Rosa over Britt Baker. I love that match. Fair enough. Yeah, and I think. I think so. I really do believe that in this category, most people are going to go for one of the two we picked, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the majority are going to go with you, like 60-40, and then some people like me just loved that match for the fact the females are in the main event, mm-hmm. and they did and they put on such a, an amazing, realistic death match. I think maybe 40% are going to go with me on that. Yeah. I need to revisit that, actually. I probably won't need to watch that before the pay-per-view. Go That's a good idea. See if I wonder if it's still on my DVR. I don't know. Uh, okay, number four, the biggest surprise. Do you want to run those down? Yeah, number one, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson's debut, and of course they have to be together because they happen in a maybe right. three minute period. Um, on the greatest pay-per-view that's ever happened in the history yep. of mankind, um, and this includes people like coming in on an like an on like an. A, with an, uh, a, a, a shop fan strapped to the back into a Mike Tyson match. Right. <laughs> um, then Darby Allen's return as the Invisible Man, not the Invisible Man who won um, Joey Janela's Spring Break, but the right. one with the actual <laughs> face wrapping. Right. Uh, the formation of the pinnacle. And, of course, that was during basically a come to Jesus meeting mm-hmm. amongst the inner circle. It's when the pinnacle was formed. Uh, the Young Bucks turning on John Moxley, and that was, of course, siding, siding with the Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, then, Mer- oddly, Mercedes Martinez yeah. arrives in AEW. That was a surprise. I don't think that was an earth-shattering surprise. I don't think that was an earth-shattering surprise. I don't even no. think that was as as good as uh, Jamie Hayter. No, no, absolutely. To me, to me, Keith Lee would be a bigger deal than that. But that yeah. was this is twenty twenty one though. That was this the, is twenty twenty two. To me, this is a one. Ca- it's a. I think there's only one choice. I don't know if you agree with me. To me, the only choice is Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. I would. I would say yes. I think I overthought it when I first saw it because you voted we, for something be, else, didn't you? Because we. Yeah, I did. You because did. We, Ooh, because we kind of. Because I was like, well, I kind of knew. That's the thing was with that when it was a surprise, but also yeah. everyone knew, but no one was told. Right. So I over. We all it. knew. Just the, also, I'm surprised if they put that in. Why was Ruby Soho not entered? Or like, Minoru entrance? Suzuki because he was on the same show. Yes, they had four surprises yes. that night. That's right. It just felt like it was never going to stop coming, which right. ruined us. It ruined me as yes, a fan. It did. Because, again, when they, they had Keith Lee and Jay White, I just expected more and more they, and more. You're right. I wanted William Regal. I wanted everyone. I wanted right. Samoa Joe. They're like the they're like the, the drug pusher in the after school special on the playground. They gave you the taste. Yeah. And now you just keep going back. I want the fix. I need the new guy every week. Every, every day. So hurricanes ravaged my town a couple years ago mm-hmm. a lot of people never came back my brother is one of them he has some outside cats that live at his old house 
nope it's still house still in the family mm-hmm. so every day i go to feed these cats and it's the it is the highlight of my dog's day because she gets to hang out the window and angrily stare at these cats and murder them <laughs> And she also apparently I discovered cat food has way higher fat content than dog food. Ah. So she always wanted to get her head in that bag and get some bites. Mm-hmm. And thanks to the bread that can't be toasted mm-hmm. every day. Now I let her know, here's your taste. I give her it's her taste. taste every day. So while I'm out feeding them, she has this tiny little pile in the, in the truck to eat on to keep her from leaping out and attacking the cats. She gets her taste. You need to tweet Matt Lee and tell him that. I really need to do this. I need to tell this story. I bet he's an excellent Twitter follow. Oh, he has to be, right? He has to be. We'll put him on the list. Kevin, I don't even remember where we were. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I I gave my pick. All right. What was yours? Oh, I voted for the formation of the pinnacle. That was a pretty good one. Because that was one of the moments where it was like, I didn't actually see it coming until it happened. And then when it happened, I said, of course. Yeah. Which is everything immediately made sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that was very good. I think one of the reasons I didn't go with it is and I and I think I'm probably alone on this or pretty close to alone. I'm really I've been disappointed with the pinnacle. They never quite lived up to what I wanted out of them. But honestly, I don't know exactly what I wanted out of them. Right. And (laughs) and I don't know who that's a failing of. Is it a failing of MJF? Is it a failing of Tony Khan? Um. And I've actually liked that group more in different little permutations where they're mm-hmm. not all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. But that was that was great in storyline. Um, and going back to the whole Cody being a little bit of relevant thing or losing relevance a little mm-hmm. this year, I kind of feel like Chris Jericho has as well as. Yeah, absolutely. Again, they, they were one and two for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and in the last year. They ha- they've not been at all. And Chris Jericho doesn't seem again. Last week I was saying I want him to take a vacation because I don't feel I feel like he needs a breather. And I think mm-hmm. he needs a re- to come back refreshed because even his commentary isn't as sharp as it used to. be. Yeah, I think with him and probably Cody, too, but mostly mm-hmm. with him, I think a lot of it is like I can't really fault him too much for it because he spent the whole year building up other people like he. Yeah, he got yeah. MJF ready for for. CM Punk by feuding with him for a year. And even though he won the last match, like that whole feud was just Chris Jericho getting outdone by MJF. I think one of the reasons I'm a little critical of Cody and Chris Jericho is because of how much they've done Mm -hmm. because like they're not, they're not failures in any way, in any way. And not like, and the fact that they feel off to me the last few months tells me they either need a break or need some retooling because they're they've been so phenomenal, right. both of them. Chris Jericho didn't have to put over Orange Cassidy, right? You know, Chris Jericho didn't have to put over MJF. Cody didn't have to put over MJF, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, basically the entire four pillars. Yep, but he did, mm-hmm. and he has continued, and he and he attempted it with Anthony Gogo, and I think I mentioned it before, but if I haven't, he was supposed to lose that match. It turns out, which I didn't think he should have lost. He should have lost. But um, Anthony Agogo suffered an injury, and they knew he was going to be out, so it became irrelevant to put him oh, over. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that they knew in that match he was injured, and that's why he didn't get, end up going over. I found that out just a week or two ago. Hmm. That's interesting. And so, and so, and I'll bring it up to the day I die, Kevin. The day I die, <laughs> when people talk about Cody putting himself over like Triple H, it makes me 
incredibly angry because it's the furthest thing from the yeah, truth. It's absolutely, it's the, true. it's the furthest thing for both these guys. They've put over everybody. Like, look, Jake Hager, I was enjoying during COVID, and now I'm like, why was I even enjoying Jake Hager? Why is he? Why is he under contract? Chris Jericho got him over. The people around him hid him and got him over. When yep. He's not very good. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Next up, give us biggest WTF moment. Biggest WTF moment. Uh, number one, Matt Jackson's tacked Travis Scott shoe from the cage match with the Lucha Bros. That was a good moment, and it was a surprise, but it doesn't – I don't know if it feels fully WTF. Yeah. Uh, number two, MJF's Long Island Homecoming. That one, that one, Kevin, that is kind of the definition of WTF. Cause like yeah. I went, like I watched their clip on Talk it. Bizarro world. Yeah. And even before he got to the ring, he's like throwing him, he's like leaning back into the crowd. They're treating him like mm -hmm. CM Punk. We were in a different, we were in a different reality. Yeah. Like this was full Mandela effect. This was AW yes. Mandela effect. That was w that was a WTF moment. You had that amazing video introducing him. <laughs> yes, in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. Okay. Uh, number three, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston take a drive. Is that when they drove the car into the that's, trailer? That's when they attempted to kill the inner yes. circle. That's right. Yeah. Although what really angered me about that is we saw the inner circle in there beforehand, and then they hit it with their truck and go in, and there's just nobody there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at least show them running out, you know? Which I think well, they, they went through Shaq's trap did. door. That did they? That's what I, I think happened. Shaq had okay. that little escape hatch in his match. I think there's just a, in the parking lot. There's an emergency uh, exit for all. Okay, stars, so this is the theory. That's pretty solid. That's my theory. Yeah, I think there's in pro wrestling, he's in the catacombs underneath hatch. Daly's place. He's in the catacombs underneath the parking <laughs> lot right. of Daly's place. That is a phenomenal theory. Yeah. I'm about that. Okay. Uh, number four, the New Year's Eve street fight. Uh, New the Year's bloody Eve. fight between uh, Bunny and Penelope. Oh, no. The other yeah. ladies. That's right. Yeah. Uh, T Ty and Anna uh -huh. and the Bunny and Penelope. Yeah. That was that was a good one. I think the real WTF moment in that one was the Penelope or Bunny. I think it was Penelope doing a split into tax yeah. <laughs> and coming up with a crotch filled yep. with tax, yep. which is that was, horrifying yes, for a man that, or a woman. Yeah. That also some of some of Anna Jay's moves were little yep. WTF. I'll have a to little say. Bit. See how there's a little many, many dimensions to the WF attitude. So many dimensions <laughs> to WTF attitude. Okay. Uh, okay. And then uh, Hangman Adam Page turning down the Dark Order, which was a fun segment. It was a fun segment. I don't think I expected him to join. Yeah. So not quite that WTF. Right. So I voted did you, MJF did you, for this. Okay. That's, that's my vote as well. Yeah. Because he transported us into another world. Man. Right. Right. It, it was so wild and it was so, in, it was so fun. Because I didn't know this place existed. I didn't know. I didn't fully understand. Like, look, Louisiana is another world. Apparently, Long Island is, too, on a whole different level. Yeah. A whole nother level that I didn't know existed. And now I know. Now we know. And I, th I think the world is richer for it. <laughs> that was that's that's a I got to say, that's a solid list right there. Yeah, that is. OK, so next we've got breakout female star. Number one, Jade Cargill, who, I mean, she's the TBS champion. You can't, mm -hmm. she's definitely a breakout hit. 
Um, although there's a lot of negativity along with a lot of positivity. Mm-hmm. Jamie Hayter, who to me is the under the radar candidate mm-hmm. here because she brings so much, but she's kind of in 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 Brit's shadow right now. Ty Conti, who, uh, again, Wrestling Observer Awards voted her most improved. Mm-hmm. So that she feels like a breakout star. Chris Statlander, who um, I have loved uh, her ever since she has come back from injury. They yeah, didn't like the alien character ahead of time. They've downgraded the alien character and upgraded her just mm-hmm. being a strong badass who can wrestle. Who's not and afraid then, to make some fun of someone being adopted. Exactly. Look, if you're willing to bury somebody who's adopted, you're my people. You're my people. <laughs> That's MJF Twitter level. <laughs> exactly. And uh, oh, my God, that freaking feud. End it. Just end it. Yes. And finally, Red Velvet. Your who's favorite. Had a pretty, who's had a pretty good year because I'll say this. Definitely not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But this year she has um, she has matriculated from dark and dark elevation Mm-hmm. to some big spots on Dynamite, including the spot against Jade Cargill with Shaq. And that's a big spot. Yep. It showed a lot of faith in her. I think she was probably one of Cody and Brandy's personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm saying that is just a fact. Yeah. And uh, they believed in her. And so she did have a good year. Yep. In which, my which- mind, in my mind, there's two... In my tiny brain, there's two clear front runners. Who did you end up going with? I had to go with Jade. Jade's a good one. I I think Jade is the correct answer. I chose the incorrect answer that belongs to my heart, and that's Chris Statlander. Respect. The woman I think should be the next champion after Thunder Rosa. Mm -hmm. I think she's earned it. I think she's been great. And um, I think that if she had come in originally in the same manner that she came back from injury, Mm -hmm. we would be talking about her in a similar light to Jade Cargill. Yeah. But Jade clearly has the most potential of anybody I've ever seen as a female wrestler. Mm -hmm. She's got the size. She's got the body. She's getting better. Uh, Again, her wrestling is getting better. I don't think it's terrible to begin with. I've said that. From the beginning, it's not terrible. She does basic things well, um, but she needs to be in against somebody who's better than her. And mm-hmm. uh, her promos are getting better as well. Her it's no longer better. It's no longer just I'm that bitch. Right. And uh, like this last match in particular, uh, I think it was on Dynamite this week. I thought she had one of her better. It was an in-ring promo, and I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it was more lively. It was more felt more off the cuff. Yeah, uh, she does need to. She does still get lost in the mat in the ring, which she did. Yeah. She did this Again, week. She but. doesn't need to be. Who did she wrestle this week? Was it? Uh, it was the it bunny. Was bunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, bunny is is. There's still a little green there. She's not the most experienced. Not the most inexperienced. Again, Jade needs to be in against somebody else. Needs to be running the matches for a while, mm-hmm. and they have put her in it. I'll say this. So her last five or six matches, particularly before the bunny, none were none were horrible. Like there were some, a lot were subpar. Some were on average. She was against the greenest people they could find. They mm-hmm. might as well have just pulled somebody out of the crowd. Like they should have, they could have thrown Brody Lee's wife in there, and she would have had more experience. Than some of the people that's I feel true. Like Literally, yeah. Jade in with, and they weren't horrible matches, which tells me that like that shows me something. Yep. All right, breakout star male. Okay. 
we've got a we've got a good lineup here. Um, Don, yeah, Dante Martin, mm-hmm. Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara, mm-hmm. Ricky Starks, yep. and Hook. My God, my God, this is so. This is a solid category. Yeah, Dante Martin. They've been pushing. They. I don't want to say pushing. They, I don't think they've really been pushing him. They've just given him a lot of opportunity lately on TV, and he's looked great. Mm-hmm. Again, not not a lot promo wise, but. Mm-hmm. He hasn't. It's not that we're not seeing it out of him. We're not seeing promos, really. Like every now and then, he, we see him speak. Um, Jungle Boy's had a great year, but Jungle Boy's had three great years. Right. Um, but he's finally got the belt. But I, yep. I haven't seen anything. He's just on that slow and steady trajectory. Yeah, he's it's slow and steady. It's not that big leap. Sam Guevara made a big leap as in yep. now he's a two time. He's a two time champion, and, mm-hmm. and I think Cody. Cody put him here. And he got the and, big win on uh, Blood and Guts. Yep. He was the guy who what? took the win there. And the big ladder oh, no, match. no, sorry. Maybe. Took the loss. Took the loss. Yeah. Uh, and Stadium the, Stampede was the one where he had the big moment. Right. And then we we had the big ladder match win and maybe mm-hmm. Cody's last match in AEW mm-hmm. potentially. Um, Ricky Starks, I think there's no big moment you can point to. Yeah. And he feels like he should be bigger than he is. He feels mm-hmm. like... He should kind of be closer to Jungle Boy and Sammy's level, and he's not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Hook. Yeah. Um, possibly the greatest gift in wrestling history. <laughs> he's the only person. Look, anybody who votes for anyone else other than Hook, they're dead to me. You're yeah. reported. You're blocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're dead to me. I agree. This is Hook's category. This is. I mean, I listen. Hook's chips have had a better year than Ricky Starks, and I like Ricky Starks. He's from New Orleans. I love the guy. Yeah. But those chips have had a better year. Yeah. My God, there's only one choice here. Yes. Man who's had like three matches. No disrespect to Sammy, but no, he was a star Hook beforehand. A, Hook came from nowhere to being the biggest young the, star in the company. Kevin, the fact they are taking, like Tony Khan is grabbing Hook by his wrist and walking him out in front of crowds on yeah. shows he's not on. He knows right. everybody wants just to so see. they won't riot. Yeah, just yeah. just just because they if they just give him a wrestling show and don't give him Hook, they'll just they'll. They'll burn the place down. Well, a wrestling show without hooks? No, not a wrestling show at all. It's just a bunch of geeks getting together. Like, come on, right? Like, this thing, this this thing would look like Mardi Gras on Bourbon Street. Right. People are flipping <laughs> tables if you don't give them hook. I, I, but I really do seriously feel like he's that guy because he came out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. breakout breakthrough to me that fits hook while the others have all been more of a slow and steady trajectory. Yep. Dante yep. Martin, I think, is coming the closest to that definition. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all hook, man. And Hook has still looked phenomenal every time we've seen him. He looked phenomenal. To me, this to me week. it says this this is the thing that says to me, of the five people, I've only seen one of those five people in a commercial on TNT for Rampage focused about one person. There you go. Hook. They did a and commercial that is hook. just tune into Rampage because it's the show the hook is on. Kevin, I'm not the healthiest man in the world. I'm a, I'm a large, I'm a large dude in his forties. Mm-hmm. I've been eating healthier this year and I can't put that all on hook. But I want to see what this dude's doing in 20 years. Yeah. And I'm just trying to make it. I just want to be there. Like, I haven't had I've had a carb. Two, I've had carbs two days since, since Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's not all on hook, but right. it's definitely part of the conversation. It's definitely part of the incentive. Yeah. Absolutely. I love I it, legit the word, the goal. To, Like, we've seen, what, four months of hook? I'm yeah. Ma- if that. Imagine Hook in 20 years. <laughs> hook and Daniel Garcia. Yeah. In 2042. 
is going like Dave is Dave is going to be like hooked to some life support systems and it's going to be the first nine star match and we know it <laughs> right. especially if it's in the Tokyo Dome. Yes, and even the people that are complaining about it say, "Well, I can't. I got to give it up." Yeah, it's I mean, like it's clear it's better than that eight and three quarter star that Okada got in his retirement match. We gotta go. We gotta. It's gotta be nine. It's gotta be. Gotta be. <laughs> okay. The next category is high flyer. Simply titled high flyer. I'm assuming best high flyer. AW's got a lot of high flyers. Um, first the first man in the category Penta L zero M now Penta Oscura. Penta Oscura. Who does come off the top rope, not quite as often as these other people. Mm-mm. Number two, Dante Martin, who gets some cra- he gets some crazy air in these recent matches, yeah. man. I, I've, I've loved seeing him his matches recently. Number three, Ray Fenix. Mm-hmm. Number four, Pac. And number five, Riho, who uh, Kevin reassured me earlier, and I agree, does more than just jump off the top rope like a flying squirrel. She does have some some deep some serious Darby Allenish high flying moves. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised Darby Allen's not in this category, even though he's Me not too. the definition of a high flyer. He he literally flies mm-hmm. out of nowhere every yeah. three weeks, makes me jump out of my seat. I would have put like, him on instead of Penta. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think or give us more than five options. I mean, this is yeah. one category we could have had more than five options. Um, I ended up going like I think it's the like, Gray Phoenix is clearly a favorite here. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I didn't want to give it to him, maybe because he keeps crippling himself and others. Maybe <laughs> I, I want to withhold. Maybe I want to withhold this from him. Yeah. Penta, not quite the same level of his partner. She so can't give it to him. He's not as good a high flyer as Ray. Um, I love Pac. I love Riho. I really like them both as wrestlers. I'm giving it to Dante Martin. He has done some high flying moves that have really seriously impressed me this year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm glad to see you're on the same page as me with that. Yeah. And part of that was getting to see him in person for the first time. Yeah. Just breathtaking. I mean, when you see how high he gets on some of those outside dives and then, yeah, just, you know, I hope he can put the rest of it together. And, and, but yeah. Which reminds me. Mm hmm. If I get this new job I'm up for, I'm mm-hmm. 100% going to be in Vegas for double or nothing. And I'm committing myself right now to doing whatever it takes, whether that's edible arrangements to your wife, to get you there as well. I'm committed. I'm going. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, you were you were looking like am, you were out on, on, on I'm Facebook. I'm verbally committed. I'm verbally committed to going. Is it just double or nothing? Or are you going to try? You can't do all three, can you? No, no. I, didn't, I might. I don't. I doubt I could either. I'm committing to double or nothing. I might try to do Rampage too. But at any rate, uh, not only is the it's wife exciting. supportive of this, she's go. coming with me and she's agreed to go to double or nothing. No. Yes. That's so, that's super exciting. So what I'm hoping is they don't have a bloodbath. <laughs> well here's the thing i like if nick gage gets signed for double or nothing i may have to call the whole thing off i think the plan is i think going in we will know where the bloodbath is most likely to occur right that is when let's go get some snacks exactly yeah that's the snack break i had that exactly and the t-mobile the thing is the t-mobile is a phenomenal arena Mm -hmm. and 
anywhere you would go for snacks, you can actually see the ring from everywhere. Oh, wow, in really? There. It's shocking. Yeah. Anywhere you want to get food, you can be in the line and see the ring or at least see the I've been there for the UFC when mm-hmm. uh, they're the first UFC there, UFC 200. But thing is. You can you can work that out ahead of time. You can you can you can do some blocking again. Just because you can see the ring doesn't mean you can see the the blood. Right. I think that's the move. Yeah. Not to completely derail us going through these awards though, but I'm really excited because that will most likely be my first AEW live. All right. Um, where were we? Oh, hi, uh, we just did high flyer. So yeah. you're up next with fashion best moment. AEW fashion moment. And I know, look, I know a lot of us, when we think AEW, we think high fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very critical of a lot of people's, I'll say this, I'm very critical of a lot of people's costumes, mm-hmm. especially the lady uh, who we discussed last week with the altered firefighter pants. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is this is near and dear to my heart, this category. Uh, number one is uh, Tay Conti's full gear Brazilian outfit. Which was, I'm, I'm glad they, I hadn't, re- I did not remember it. They had the video, they have the video on the website. Really cool moment. And it was, mm-hmm. it was the outfit mixed with the video. Mm-hmm. Really cool moment. It was really one of those cool, cool like Dusty Rhodes comes out in the Road Warrior paint type. Yeah. You know, exactly. like this is a special match kind of thing. Yeah. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD's Britsburg outfit, her jacket. I, that, I, love I that. for that jacket. With the towel. It, I love that. Yes. I love that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, number three, Hikaru Shida's anniversary dress, which I had no memory of. I went and looked at it. I didn't either. It. And I was surprised because I thought it was going to be like, like, remember she used to come out with the she old, had that white like, pantsuit. Yeah. And she also used to have like the kind of glass, broken glass looking oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, this was just like a really classy, like red right. Japanese dress. It yeah. was cool. It was it really was cool. cool. But um, it didn't stand out as much as some of the other things she's mm-hmm. worn yeah. And then number four, Chris Jericho as the, I said the rainmaker on the thing, but it was the pain maker. That's autocorrect. Right. right. Uh, which, you know, that's cool. But like, we've it was that. exciting to see, yeah. but it was more so because it's who he was right. in New Japan mm-hmm. than the actual outfit. Like the, the, the makeup reminds me of actually the old road war, not, not road warriors, the old, um, crow, oh, the original s- crow. The sting, when Sting and the Rock, um, the Blade Runner, Blade Runners, it reminded right. me of their makeup, which wasn't good makeup. It was just scary for kids. Right. <laughs> Maybe scary for everybody, but for me as a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then the Super Elite as the Tune Squad, which they spelt T-U-N-E yes. for some reason. I did not know what in the living hell they were talking about until I realized <laughs> that they misspelled Tune. T- yeah. Supposed to be T-O-O-N. There was basically Space Jam costumes. Right. Which, which was, was just, it was nice. It was it's fine, thing. but it offended me so deeply that night that I, <laughs> that I could not, I couldn't vote for it. It offended a lot of people. Yeah. Although not, it didn't offend people as much as their Ghostbusters outfits, which didn't offend me because that happened on Halloween. Um, my pick on this, uh, probably apparent already, it was the Britsburg jacket. Yeah, that is my favorite. So. That's my favorite special outfit I've seen in wrestling mm-hmm. in a very long time. It is so well done. Like I would, I would consider buying that jacket if I had access to like that jacket in triple X. <laughs> yeah, simple as that. Right. Like the others were all cool. Ty Conti's was a really cool moment, but man, mm-hmm. Ritz was awesome. Yeah, it was. And I'm glad we've seen it again. Yeah. All right. Uh, number ten, best tag team brawl. 
a lot of great tag team brawls again best best i love that we have the best tag team division in decades um number one Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers steel cage match. This is the mm-hmm. one that was the highest rated steel cage match in history. Also, the second time it's popped up in these awards due mm-hmm. to the uh, the the Nike tack bottom shoe yep. uh, of the Young Bucks. Let's see. Number two, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I actually don't have very clear memories of this match, but I remember loving the match because it was it was. Suzuki Goon versus, I mean, yeah. versus Moxley and Kingston. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Um, I am blown away that my mind cannot recall this much of this match. Um, Sting and Darby versus 2.0. I deeply remember this match, and I love this match. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucha Brothers. For, but this isn't about best match. This is about brawl. This mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. best tag team brawl. Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express tag team eliminator finals. And then the New Year's Eve street fight, Ty and Anna versus mm-hmm. Penelope and the Bunny. Mm-hmm. Who you got, Kevin? I got to go with 2.0 and Sting and Darby. I think that was my favorite because that was one of the ones that was one of the matches where you saw Sting just go off for the first time. And is we just couldn't the, believe how much. Yeah. Is this the match where he did the double scorpion death lock on both members of 2.0? He had them stacked I on top I of each other I remember that, but I ground. don't remember if it was that match. I remember they did a lot of brawling. I'm going like to say it is. Yeah. Also, legitimately, Sting and Darby, like when you go through this, when you go through this list and you think brawlers, mm-hmm. you think, really, you think Moxley, Kingston, Suzuki, Archer. Sure. Those are the brawlers here. The right. Lucha Brothers aren't necessarily brawlers. The Mm-mm. Young Bucks aren't. Um, Sting and Darby have, have been in brawls all year long. They've been in great brawls. Yeah. And one of the reasons Darby is so great in brawls is he's the guy that basically anybody can just toss into the air. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. phenomenal. That has to be my pick right there. Like, there were probably better matches. That's the one I remember the most clearly outside of the Steel Cage match, the Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. I remember that one really well. Mm-hmm. well. But sting looked like a million bucks mm-hmm. darby did some great things this is the match that fully got 2.0 over with me. absolutely yep only a couple weeks into their debut mm-hmm. where i just thought they were vegetable lasagna mm-hmm. that's right and now right. that vegetable lasagna is now the bread that can't be toasted <laughs> that's right that's right uh, right is this our last cat no we've so got we two, two more okay best mike duel which is kind of the micro i mean Best yeah, I like yeah. I kind of like that they did this. We had mm-hmm. best promo basically and best mm-hmm. duel, yeah. which is a whole other thing, and I like it. Right. So first one is MJFC and Punk on Thanksgiving Eve, which would have been the first time they, they really squared off against each other in one segment. Kevin, whoever put these categories together really loves like the tying it into holidays. Yeah, because I I did not have any memory of that being near Thanksgiving at yeah, all. Yeah, me either. But, yeah. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Ruby Soho. This would be the one where Ruby talked about uh, Britt banging guy in the back. That was a really good one because they got so real. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I think they, anybody had mentioned on AEW Britt's connection to Adam mm-hmm. Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good one. Uh, the Inner Circle and The Pinnacle have a parlay. I kind of refuse to vote for that just because they use the word parlay. 
<laughs> the only other time I really see the word, word parlay is in Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't see that too often in, yeah. common, in the common parlance of the day. Right. Um, the thing I is, that would really that. be like, I kind of remember that's really, mm-hmm. it sounds like a Chris Jericho MJF thing mm-hmm. more than a pinnacle versus get, inner yeah, circle they, thing. Yeah. But it doesn't stand out enough to me mm-hmm, to get my vote. Mm-hmm. I'll say that from the beginning here. Hangman Page meeting Brian Danielson, which I guess is the same thing as they mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, we both said we the, don't really remember. I don't I mean, remember I the remember killer promo battle. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember the physicality between these men, not, I mean, I do not remember, the promos. I do remember Brian Danielson coming out and... You know, it was pretty good now that I remember it, because he, cause he that, was, <laughs> that was when he came out and was like, congratulations. Uh, you know, I really expected it to and I'm a little disappointed that it's not Kenny Omega. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was pretty good. Also, one person we've been talking a lot this episode about the different. By the way, we are almost 50 minutes in. I think we have we, we like for the first for 15 like minutes. minutes. Yeah, this is the first 10 minutes in. Um, we've been talking a lot about all the great promos in, mm-hmm. in, in, in AEW right now. Brian Danielson is way better than people like we don't put him in the category, but he's Mm -hmm. great. He's He's such a great storyteller of like why things are happening. And, you know, yeah, yeah. We're going to be talking a lot about Brian Danielson in this episode, y'all. Right. Which is now apparently going to be three hours long. Sure. We're just going to keep talking until uh, revolution. (laughs) Straight through. Yeah. All right. Number 12. Rest of the year. They have seven options for this. Wait, we we, we didn't even get through Mike Newell. Oh, uh, I, uh, inner I was gonna, circle. I was going to vote punk and punk and MGF. We we didn't even talk about inner like the last one was inner circle call out Dan. Lambert, oh yeah yeah yeah. Which I'm glad Dan Lambert made this right. But uh, yeah, it's got to be punk MJF. It has yeah. to be like there's yeah. no like there's nobody else in that category. Not really. Yeah. Okay. Wrestler of the year. Uh, number one. Brian Danielson, the greatest wrestler in the world today. Mm-hmm. Number two, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, DMD mm-hmm. the greatest wrestler in Pittsburgh today. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Kenny Omega, the greatest wrestler in the world who's currently sitting out for 18 different surgeries. Right. Number four, Hangman Adam Page, the world champion. Uh, number five, Darby Allen. Number six, Hikaru Shida. Number seven, the consistently injured Miro. Mm-hmm. Um, Miro's kind of surprising this guy. I love him, but he's kind of a surprise for this category, in my opinion. I'm glad Sheeta's in here. I think she deserves it. Um, I think it all comes down to the year. And for mm-hmm. me, when I was really looking at this category, I thought Brian Danielson didn't have much of a year, as in mm-hmm. he was only had a few matches. Mm-hmm. Britt had a great year, but the year really belonged to the belt collector, to Kenny Omega. He, he held every belt in the world. He wrestled everybody. He went to Impact and, and took on their best and blew their best up. Mm-hmm. Had them gassed out in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think this was Kenny Omega's year. That's who I've got to go with here. I think there's other legitimate uh, uh, responses, but that's mine. I think, like you said earlier, that is the correct answer. Yeah. I had to vote. I voted for Adam Page just to support him. I felt right. I just wanted him to have my vote. That was my that was. Almost went there. Like I already gave my heart one vote earlier that that surpassed my brain. And one of the things that gets frustrating is of this list, the people that everyone talks about as being the best stars in the world, Brian Daniels and Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. Hangman Adam Page has had phenomenal matches with both guys. He's Mm -hmm. had phenomenal matches with a lot of other people and no one ever even talks about him in that category. And I think it's time that we have to start saying he's, he's probably not the best 
Yeah. But he is definitely somebody you have to talk about when you're talking about the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just really damn good. He's just really damn good in a different way than Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. Um, and uh, yeah, he's the other guy I think who's a legit option here. Speaking of Adam Page, I didn't. I forgot to mention this in one of the earlier categories. I think it was. I was thinking of it in the best fashion moment. Uh, that I'm a little disappointed they didn't bring up uh, his Stay Puff the Marshmallow Man costume. <laughs> Adam Page has had some wild outfits this year. Not even mentioning <laughs> the Stay Puff, like the whole like anxious millennial cowboy is a, is a whole vibe for him, and he keeps trying to put together different outfits to match it. Right, and sometimes they're home runs, and sometimes they are so dizzy. They're such dizzying head scratchers. Like mm-hmm. what? Who let him out of the house like this? I'm really surprised he didn't make he didn't get somewhere on that list. Yeah. Okay. So that's our first 15 minutes now, 52 minutes into the show. Um, so listen, if you're enjoying the show today, we hope you will check out fightgamemedia.com and also Fight Game Media's Patreon. Uh, the Patreon group can be found at patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. And every host at Fight Game Media has a patron-specific show each and every month kevin and i's last show in february uh, was kind of our state of the union of aew we did two hours a really deep dive on everybody we thought should be signed many of whom have been signed everybody we thought should be let go and we did not get the first one to leave we did not accurately predict that no but it's a lot of extra content for just five dollars a month i don't think there's a better deal right now in 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 kind of the 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 combat sports world out there. It helps support me, Kevin, and all the other hosts here at Fight Game Media. I hope you'll check it out. Brace for Impact every week has an extended episode. There's a Yoshi show that gives you, that takes you deeper on your Mesa Rugas of the world that you keep seeing in AEW, particularly on Dark and Dark Elevation. So if you want to know more about that world, that league, this is the place to come. Invest $5, and I think you won't regret it. Damn. So, uh, Yes. You get every week a in-depth recap of the Dynamite show immediately after it's over. That's and right. You don't have to wait through 52 minutes of us going through the awards to get it. Yeah. Like, listen, I, to me, that's worth the, that's worth the price of admission. I haven't listened to us for 52 minutes talking about nonsense and bread that can't <laughs> be toasted, which is going to come out eight times on every future podcast. Yep. But no, I hope you'll check us out. And again, fightgamemedia.com. Even if you're not, don't can't subscribe It's a great website, and I hope you'll check it out for all your pro wrestling, MMA, boxing needs. It's pretty phenomenal. Kevin, what's up next on the docket here? Looks like we're going to take a look back at the weekend review. Should we go over the rankings? or? Yeah, let's let's start it off with the rankings. Okay. Let me pull those up. Yeah, I'm pulling that up, too, Okay, because I'm a total professional who's had this. I'm not actively typing it into my search bar as we speak. Okay, tag rankings number five FTR. Uh, kind of crazy, they're so low. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Uh, number four Gun Club still hanging in there. They're three and one for the year. Uh, number three is Private Party, okay. two and one, which kind of surprises me. You know, we have so many tag matches. It's wild that we've got these top teams mm-hmm. that are two and one and three and one. Right, and then. Go, well, the next one's only two and zero. Oh. Yeah, Malachi Black and Brody King. Uh, Although, and they, and they, they lost. lost this week. Yeah, yeah so that's they'd be not two, and two and one. I was totally expecting them 
to be the next big challengers. And they might, who knows, they might be in the Casino Battle Royal next week. Yeah. And the number one, the acclaimed. Again, they are my most, I don't want to say most improved because they've been good, but they are mm-hmm. finally, tr- and I said this a lot recently, they are really registering me as a legit tag team. There's some point where a team goes from just a, a couple of new goofs, like the Gun Club, who I, I do like them, mm-hmm. to like legit contenders. They feel like legit contenders. And finally, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster feel like legit contenders to me. Yep. And it's interesting that um, Red Dragon is pretty much guaranteed. They are guaranteed to be in the title match, and they're not in the top five. They're not here. Yeah. Neither they, are the they, Young Bucks. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. This again, I, I, I'm, I'm ready for them to start doing top tens. I don't think they have any plans to, but um, we have enough people in every category for a top ten. We really oh, do. Easy. Yeah. And of course, Jurassic Express, the champions, they're going to defend against two different tag teams at Revolution. We know one's Red Dragon. It's going to be interesting to see who the other one is, and I kind of hope it's going to be the Young Bucks now. Yeah, it's got. I think it's got to be. Okay, let's hop over to the women's division. Coming in at number five, Red Velvet, three and one at the moment. I think 40, 46 and twenty one overall, forty one and twenty one, something like that. Number four, Anna J, four and one. I don't remember seeing any of those wins, but yeah. let's trust that she has them. Uh, number three, Serena D beating up on all the women with the worst gear in wrestling at the moment, coming in at four and O. Oh. And I really like Kevin's idea. I really like Kevin's idea that what if, just what if the end of her five minute challenges is, is, is the ultimate rookie, Jade Cargill. I love that idea, Kevin. Also at four and O, oh, Layla Hirsch, who was in my least favorite feud of the year, possibly all time with Chris Statlander, leading one of my favorite wrestlers. To attack invalids, uh, yes. not invalids, I'm sorry, orphans. I don't know how I mix those two up. I'm for sure getting canceled. Uh, enjoy your new host next week. All right. Number one, the lady, the purveyor of butts herself, Thunder Rosa, coming in at 4-0. and oh. um, We got a little bit of a log jam here at 4-0. and oh. Yeah. Um, then our two champions, Jade Cargill, the TBS champion at 5-0. and oh. Dr. Britt Baker, DM Day, DM, DM Day, DM Day, DMD. What is happening to me? That might have been a stroke, Kevin. You might have to call 911 here soon enough. 2 mm-hmm. and 0 for Britt Baker. Um, the ch- you look, when you're the world champion, you don't need to defend too often. In fact, I think it's better when you don't. Yeah. We didn't see Ric Flair every week on WCW. We don't need to see Britt Baker wrestle every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited for her match coming up at the pay per view. Kevin once hit us again, with men. Once yeah. again, though, they have a t- they have a, the t- uh, someone's getting a title match that isn't in the top five. Tay Conti, they yep. didn't put her in the top five until I don't know. She'll probably win a match on dark, and the next week we'll see her rank number three or something. Exactly. This what's funny is this. It's um a lot of people get on the UFC claiming they're only taking people who will basically put people in the top five that mm-hmm. they want in the top five, and uh, like. AEW makes these themselves, but it kind of feels like these UFC rankings that everybody claims are being manipulated. Right. Okay. Top men rankings. Number five is Dante Martin. After being way up there for a while, he's kind of fallen down without Still ever getting a title shot at anybody. Six and one, though, and he's been having a lot of a lot of big matches lately. But again, we're looking at 
this I know, is this strength of schedule thing. I don't know. Wardlow is number four with four and one. So his record yeah. is actually worse than Dante Martin's, but he's ranked above him. Why not? Why not? Why why uh, why not? <laughs> number three is Lance Archer, six and one. He's already had his shot. Number two, Powerhouse Hobbs, which I like him being way way up there. Seven yeah. and one. I think that's cool. Kevin, and, how uh, excited are you? Legit. Oh, for powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, dude, that when I saw them first square off and I, first of all, I love that little promo. That was great. That Ricky Starks had had a little Cajun come out on him. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the square down. Yeah. The square off between Hobbs and Lee, that should be a fun match on Sunday. (laughs) I'm so excited for that ladder match. Uh, and the fact we're not even talking about Wardlow being a part of this, it's going to be ridiculously fun. Okay. Uh, and then Adam Cole, number one, five and zero, oh, ready for his title shot. And then Sammy Guevara and Adam Page as the champs. And Sammy Guevara, six and zero. Oh, that's the best record we have seen for twenty twenty two out of everybody in the mm-hmm. top five on everybody is champion any division. And uh, he's been going hard. But did he? I guess it was twenty twenty one when he lost the belt to Cody. Yeah. Was okay. I was sure that was twenty twenty two. I swear February has felt like three months. Yeah, we have had definitely time has been working different the last couple of years and this one has gone slow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And hangman page right there with Britt Baker at two and oh. I am like I I don't there is not there is not a zero point one percent chance in my mind that Adam Cole is gonna win this belt. Mm-hmm. But I am so excited for this match all the same. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be great. I think they're going to have some. I, I you know I, I don't want to see a lot of interference or anything, but I think they yeah. probably will have some moments of holy crap, he's going to win it kind of yeah. moments. You know, yeah. where either some there's some interference comes in, or you know, hopefully it won't become. This is what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it won't become the title match is the backdrop for the Young Bucks Mean Girls story, right? That that they love to always make everything revolve around who's mad at who and who's you know, so I'm a little worried about that. I but wonder. I think overall will still be good. I wonder if this match wasn't placed here in Tony Khan's mind on his, in his notebook mm-hmm. months ago with the idea that Kenny Omega's coming back in March, and maybe Kenny Omega may, not necessarily interferes but plays a part. Kenny Omega plays a part in Adam Page, like maybe distracting him. He loses, and then that moves on to the Kenny Omega. Um, it could you could move it two ways from there. You could move it into the Kenny Omega versus Adam Page for the uh, brawl between mm-hmm. yeah Kenny and the Young Bucks versus I'm sorry Adam for Kenny versus Adam Page or Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus. Um, Adam Cole mm-hmm. and uh, and Red Dragon. There's a mm-hmm. lot of ways to go with that, but. I think I would love to see Kenny show up on this pay-per-view, but not as a wrestler, clearly. And and it might be a t- little early to have him come back in any capacity, considering he still hasn't had a lot of his surgeries. Yeah, it'd be fun if they kept the judges gimmick going. I'd love that. And I, just I had want, Kenny come back as a judge and like that, do a little interview about how he's still rehabbing and all that. And You're a freaking genius, man. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um Okay, let's talk about the week. We had the tag team battle royal. What was your thoughts on that match? It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those ones that they've gotten into this vibe of like, 
you know, it's a two segment match and the first segment is kind of meaningless, meaningless. And then, yeah. the, then the second segment is really good. I thought, I thought it was pretty fun. I mean, the, the, the ending was very predictable, but it was one of yeah. those ones that you liked. It was good. It was, it was good. a good match. Not great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I brought that match up kind of looking at our listing, but I shouldn't have, cause we should talk about like the, what, what mattered on this show. And I didn't watch this show until Thursday night. And all I heard about was the MJF promo, and I thought it's got to be a little overhyped, right? Yeah, it wasn't. It was a phenomenal promo. It literally had me thinking: Are they about to do a MJF face turn, which isn't even possible? But they were pulling. They pulled it off basically in one promo about how how CM Punk let him down when CM Punk left, and, and MJF had tears in his eyes. He had actual tears and eyes. CM Punk comes out not to confront him and fight him, but ask him, was that true? Mm -hmm. Was any of what you just said true? Mm -hmm. And I believe MJF basically said, yeah, and then Mm -hmm. left and just bailed. Mm -hmm. There was so much emotion going down his cheek. The emotion in that promo, that is what promos are all about. That was magic. It was. And the... Who knows where they're going to go? They could they could go, you know, I think either in the Facebook group or on Twitter or something. I I, I put, you know, watch his parents come out next week and say they're not Jewish, <laughs> you know, or something After like all that. this time. Right. With his like his. We were never we were never Jewish, Max. Like we I don't know why <laughs> you were telling everyone you were Jewish or but. You know, they could do something like that. But the interesting thing is in the days following it, all these like social media posts and stuff started popping up, verifying that this whole story is pretty much absolutely yeah. true. He gave a shout out to an Instagram account, I believe it's called the Wrestling Classic. I followed mm-hmm. them for a while. I know they were super hyped to get that mm-hmm. shout out. But yeah, everything he said was true. And again, going back to the whole um, Ruby Soho Britt Baker thing. The best promos in AEW are the ones that right. reference reality. The best lies are, you know, are hidden in the right. truth. Right. And whether this if there was any lie in this or not, it was a phenomenal promo based yeah. on reality. And it's also I love that he's basically syndrome from the Incredibles, the first Incredibles movie, where he wanted to be Mr. Incredible's sidekick, and That's he right. got blown off, so he decided to become a supervillain instead. I just love that they're basically doing that same story. Never put two and two together but, on that. But where I, where do they go next week? Like how he's got so much sympathy now. Like how yeah. do you do it? You know, but there uh, has to be another. There has to be something. There has to be some sort of a response. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I'm assuming CM Punk will come out mm-hmm. and give a response. That's kind of how they've been doing it lately. Is instead of being with each other, you know, they've yeah. kind of been trading off get a little more mileage that way i think um and it was great because we we already had mjf come out and be silenced by cm punk and this was even bigger than that where it wasn't that he signed he he halfway silenced cm punk Mm -hmm. where punk was clearly so moved by the speech his only concern was was it was was it real Mm -hmm. um i'm really invested in this match now like it's not like i wasn't i knew it was going to be a good match but i am also, it's gonna I have, be, no, I have yeah. no clue who's going to win this. I have no no clue. Yeah. And if anybody thinks they know, I'd love to know how they think they yeah. know. Um, I, I think I, I think those two are going to do something special. I think right now, if I was to do percentages, 
I would I would have it slightly towards MJF winning simply because so far the big new signings have each ended up losing to an AEW original. And look, we all know MJF's going to be champion one day. He clearly is going to be champion one day. And building that off of CM Punk is kind of the way to go. You know, they've mm-hmm. already they've already done it. He's already had the win. Maybe this isn't the end of the feud. There's a real chance this isn't the end of the feud. Um, but I man, I just don't know. Yeah. I, and, I I would give him the win too. To me, the sec there's two other big things that happen on this show. The next one I'm just gonna put first just because mm-hmm. it's awesome. Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Mm-hmm. Was it everything you dreamed of? No. It wasn't. Well, I mean, it was good, but I think it was it good. Built it it up. wasn't. That's the thing in our mind. I don't think it was trying to be. I think. No. You know, and the, some of that JR kind of, because he literally JR said, was coming horrible. up, probably the match of the year. He was like, this will be yeah. the match of the year. And and I was like, well, they've only got 10 minutes left. So. Yeah. JR was horrible in so many ways this episode. And I really genuinely hate saying that. Yeah. He's legitimately the voice of my childhood. Yes. For a good portion of my childhood, he lived like 45 minutes away in Alexandria, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate saying these things about, yeah. like, I hate hearing him just shit on the product every week. Mm-hmm. I hate hearing him overhype things like this. I hate hearing, um, you know, uh, Excalibur say something and Jar's like, oh, is that yeah. like basically, oh, is right. that right? Mm-hmm. Like really just shitting on Excalibur, who mm-hmm. is now like the three time uh, announcer of, the, announcer year, of right. the year. Yeah. And I think Jr. still thinks he is the anchor. He is the real meat of that announced team when he is mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really man. It's rough. Yeah. On the dynamite show Wednesday, Jeff Hawkins really called him out and, um, and the, I thought he had a really good kind of analysis of it. He was like, Jr. never got out of podcasting mode. Once he were, right. once he started his podcast, he forgot, Either he forgot or decided not to go back into what it really takes to be an announcer for a show where you yeah. are you because Jr. was the guy. Jr. was the guy who made you believe in the product because he was all in on it. Jr. is both the greatest commentator commentator in wrestling history and the worst commentator going today. And I don't like saying that. That's true. I though. don't, but it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Listen, as an employee of AEW, his job is to get the product over and get you excited for the product. Yep. But every single episode of Dynamite, multiple times per episode, he completely takes me out of the show mm-hmm. by shitting on what's going on. Usually something I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. And his negativity, his old man ranting at the clouds vibe mm-hmm. completely takes me out of what they're presenting. And to me, it's roughly the equivalent of sitting in like Avengers Endgame and somebody mm-hmm. pull, somebody's phone ringing and then picking up and and talking on speakerphone. That's the equivalent. Right. That's how much it it takes you out of the moment. Yeah. And I think it absolutely hurts the show every week. And yeah. that's that said, good match, not the mm-hmm. match of our dreams. It wasn't I don't forty think it was or fifty minutes. Be, yeah, no, it was. They said this is the 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 idea was not to give you the match they could give you. The idea yeah. was to continue the storyline of Brian Danielson beating up these people that he may or may not take under his wing. Yeah. And so they gave Uh, us what we needed, not what we wanted. Exactly. And I think if you think about it, the way, if you look at AEW booking over the years, we will likely see these two again in six months or a year. Yeah. And Daniel Garcia will take him a little longer. 
mm-hmm. a little longer, and maybe eventually, if they decide he's the guy, maybe eventually tie or beat Brian Danielson, which is the way to go because it was great because this match did everything it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Showed us that Daniel Garcia is really good. He can get really solid holds on on Brian Danielson. He can wrestle with him move for move. He can reverse him. But in the end, Brian Danielson is too savvy, has too much experience for a guy who is essentially a rookie. Yeah. It was, it was well done. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other two things, you pick what we talk about next. Let's talk about Eddie Kingston. Okay. Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho. Let's talk about it. I have two trains of thought on it. Okay. One is I love Eddie Kingston dearly. Mm-hmm. And I loved this segment. It was I great. I loved the story they told. I loved yeah. Jericho in it. It was the best Jericho. I think it was best Jericho in a while. It was the best Jericho in a while. And to me, it may have been my favorite Jericho bit since he formed the inner circle. I'm probably Ooh. forgetting some things, but like in terms right. of like, wow, this, this Jericho. Now there was stuff I didn't like. I did love when he was like, I thought you'd be the best baby face. You'd become a total baby face. And Eddie just goes, what's a baby face. <laughs> that was great. I loved that. I really loved that. Uh, I love the electricity of it. Um, and I really want to see the match. I feel like Eddie has to win. Eddie has to win this. Absolutely. He has, has to. to win this. And it need this match needs to push Jericho to full heel. Mm-hmm. We saw hints of heel Jericho in this match. We've seen hints of heel mm-hmm. Jericho coming mm-hmm. up. He needs to make the full turn after his loss yeah. in this match. Yeah. These two together, I think, are going to be phenomenal. We don't think I don't think most people think of Eddie Kingston as this grizzled veteran, but he is. He's been mm-hmm. going for 20 years. Mm-hmm. He has almost as long as deep a history as Chris Jericho. Not quite. Mm-hmm. Um this is, I think this is going to be awesome. I think, I think this awesome. is going to be fantastic. Now, my other train of thought on it was I kind of wish Santana was in the spot instead of Eddie. Santana's been so good lately. Because he's been so good. And the storyline of him breaking out of the inner circle and breaking up the yeah. inner circle and standing up to Jericho, I feel like storyline wise, this is his spot that Eddie Kingston has. His, ca- his camera grins, man. Yes, they've been I love phenomenal. It. Yeah, and I like these. He keeps bringing them. I love that he yeah. keeps bringing he's them. Just finding his own personality. Now, here's where I think it could go. Okay, I think Eddie could win, and I think Eddie should win. But I, right. I totally agree that Jericho needs to just go full on vicious heel, pain maker, yeah. whatever it takes. The, our puppies are starting to bark. Was so that a puppy nap? Yeah, was was someone is someone stealing your dogs right? That was a ten week old puppy who just woke up from a nap. So listen, there could be more of that in the future. We've heard hints. We've heard hints in the background, but yeah, ten week old puppies. Those dogs are being amazing. We're trying to we're trying to time the naps around the podcast schedule. So that's good. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like talking to a guy whose wife just had like quintuplets. Right. Like we're trying to time everything, <laughs> exactly. man. Trying to just time it out. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I'm hoping. Okay. Either Eddie wins. I hope Eddie wins. Yes. But what I could see Jericho either number one winning or number two just being so upset about the win that he completely goes vicious pain maker on Eddie and starts yeah. to take him out. And Santana comes out to save him setting up the feud where Santana is now taking the spot to go against Jericho. I like, I would love to see Santana get a main event slot against Jericho. It would feel a lot like Ric Flair versus Ricky Morton back in the mm-hmm. day, back when exactly. they wanted, they yep. wanted to put the title on Ricky, but he didn't want to leave Robert Gibson behind. Right. Um, 
something we actually saw a lot of in WCW slash NWA with Scott Steiner later on, back when he was maybe the best in Hawk my mind, the best wrestler would do in the that. world. Yeah, like Scott specifically would not take the title. He didn't want to live Rick behind. But yeah. I would, as much as I want these guys to be the next tag champions, I would love to see Santana versus Jericho ahead of that. That would be phenomenal. I like that idea a lot. The other, the other big thing on this episode was they debut the debut of Buddy Matthews, the mm-hmm. most jacked dude, most jacked redhead ever, <laughs> even more jacked than Carrot Top. Yeah. Yes, I said it, ladies <laughs> yep. and gentlemen. Um, I so I I had not had a lot of Buddy Matthews exposure. Not a big WWE watcher. I knew he was good. I knew he was a ginger. I had no idea he was the meat man. Oh yeah, and and he is. And uh, this is a fun. What? Oh, you know what? Before we even get to Buddy Matthews and what you thought of his debut, what's your take on not only Penta Oscura, who I think I mean hard to hate Penta Oscura, mm-hmm. but also his new manager, the 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 damn Phantom of the Opera. What did you <laughs> Alex think Abrahantes. of Alex What do you think of Phantom of the Opera, Alex Abrahantes, his <sighs> cape? The it's, whole thing, oh, as as we much. said on on the a recent episode of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, takes a lot to pull off a cape, my friend. It takes <laughs> it a lot. It does, and if he doesn't pull it off, it's not for lack of trying. He, I, you know, Alex Abrahantes. It was a surprise to me when they moved him from a commentary role into a management role, but he is one of the few guys who is always over the top, and I always enjoy him. Yeah. Um, this might have been a step too far, mm-hmm. possibly a little, but his his leather, his Michael Jackson gloves, everything he's done up till yeah. now, mm-hmm. he's so into it. And he's the so happy to be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've really, I really, he's somebody we never talk about. I have really enjoyed Alex Abrahantes as a manager a lot. Yeah, I do too. He really started to get the Penta says thing over. Oh yeah, uh, and he's all in on the Zero Miedo. Yeah, the, yeah, the, like all of it. Yeah. Oh, just, my God. Whoa. Puppet up. I heard the puppies. Yes. Puppet up is attacking a box right now. Hold on <laughs> one second. Kevin, you, you keep All talking right. about this while I deal with Okay. Yeah. So the Pentascura thing, this was my weekly uh, argument with uh, Paul Fontaine on the Facebook group was, uh, you know, the, the surprise because they... They they teased a Pentascura in a like probably thirty second video like two weeks ago on Dynamite, where they were digging up a mask and you know it was very obscure, so it was easy to miss. And then he comes out, a amazing entrance with the fire and climbing out from behind the um, tombstone. Tombstone, yeah. And and Alex Abrahante is the full druid mode, like he's like Paul Bearer, yeah. crossed with eyes wide shut. Oh, and man. uh but he's still like rapping along with the song. <laughs> yes, yes. He's the rapping fan of so, the opera. Druid. Look, I this I gotta say, I love I love uh Malachi Black. I think he's tremendous champion yeah. potential. I think Buddy Matthews is awesome, even though he's basically like a creator wrestler where you just copied uh Kenny Omega's moveset into your character in the video game. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what? Right. I'm a ginger. I'll make him a ginger too. Yeah. Screw yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This, this will be, this will be that little extra touch. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the, uh, James McDaniel 2k. 
rest exactly. of the character. By the way, uh, quick, quick update. We're yeah. going full um, water bottle ASMR for the rest of the episode nice. here. I love it. Featuring Puppet Up. So nice. enjoy, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Can't be. He's not going to let those puppies shut no, up. Not at all. Uh, and I love Pack. Pack's amazing. Yeah. Yet, this is probably my least favorite thing going in AEW right now. I can see that. It's just too, it's too Bray Wyatt for me. These got like the, the, the house of black is not doing what people want to see them doing. Right. We want to see Buddy Matthews and Brody King in support of a mm-hmm. guy going for a title because mm-hmm. he is one of the better acts going right now. And it yeah. feels like we're maybe a month past when the push should have started mm-hmm. towards a title match. It feels like right now, if he went for the the TNT title, he'd take it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't expect Andrade to get that shot before him. Um, although right. they had a, they had a very good match, um, I, I just don't want to see if... him in a tag team right now. I'm not interested in it. Yeah, Malachi Black. Well, I would if they made them the champs. Yeah, like if they just went all the way. Yeah, down. the fact they're 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 wrestling guys that don't don't even have titles. You know, right. I mean they are former champions, but. It's right. not the same. I, I want them in the. T- I want Malachi Black in the title picture right now. One of the things I did I would like about Malachi Black against Hangman Page instead of Lance Archer. Good lord, that would have been great. Maybe you'll get one of the future shots. I did yeah. like the covering of the mouth when he went to spray the mist. Oh, yeah, that was where good. he choked on the mist. Mm-hmm. That was something I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think anybody ever did that with Muda back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, really smart. Um, there were a lot of good things, but yeah, not again. I like. I love almost everyone in this yeah. match. And love. the work in the matches are good. There's cool stuff yeah. in the matches. They're all good, but like no one, none of the crowd's paying attention to it because they're just waiting not, for the lights to go out. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere that I want it to go. And I know it's not going to come out anywhere I want it to go. Right. And Buddy Matthew seems cool. Seems like I get why he's part of the group. Mm-hmm. That, again, doesn't feel like a natural fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping he's somebody that breaks off at some point and gets a real character of his own. Yeah. But People love Malachi, so it's a decent starting point for him. Um, overall, I like I, I enjoyed Dynamite this week. I thought it was a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. Um, we had great what setup other, show. Yeah, yeah, we had Jade in a match against mm-hmm. Bunny. Not a bad match. Um, by the way, did we get like an extra lights out? Wasn't there an extra one in this match where no one like nothing really happened, or was that just you know what that was at the end where they just put the lights out for them to walk yeah, up for, the to ramp? Disappear, right. I would love, like, look, I don't necessarily want this to happen, but my pure love of chaos demands that I would love if one day they put, they turn the lights out for that, which is clearly mm-hmm. these men just start sprinting for the back. Right. That's the, unless they're just diving under the ring mm-hmm. for the next half hour. I would love for the lights to come on and Buddy Matthews or Brody King just be laying there holding their knee, like just busted <laughs> their ever loving ass rushing to the back. I think yeah. that'd be hilarious. I've um, I don't know. Too many people have Undertaker powers these days. Undertaker yeah. powers were great for Undertaker, right? Um, not not for everybody. Yeah, you know? not for me. No, I mean, apparently they've just got Danhausen. They must have him in like a bathroom and a snack bar going under there. He's always under the ring. Like everybody's got. <laughs> he should have a video ring. where they just go into the ring yeah. and he's got like everything set up. I would him. love for his vlog to just be him under the ring for the first hour of Dynamite yeah. reporting on what he hears and what right. he sees under there. Uh, I would I would genuinely love that. Let's see. What else do we have? Ricky Starks versus Preston Vance. 
Preston, like 10 is getting a tiny push, a little baby mm-hmm. push. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody from the beginning. I always heard AEW thinks that one day he can be a Batista type. Mm-hmm. He has the body to be a Batista type. I don't know if he quite has the height, but um, I'm glad to see him finally getting some momentum. But I don't know how it's going to be hard for him to get over with the mask, um, even with the full support of the Dark Order. Right, right. But uh, I don't remember much of that mask now in retrospect. I don't remember who. I think Ricky Starks won the match. Yeah, the main thing. Yeah, Ricky Starks won it with the distraction. Mm-hmm. Oh no! He tried to pull the mask. He tr- he got out That's of the right. full Nelson by pulling the mask off. I made a note and then hit him with I, a spear. And my first thought was, "There's no way Ricky Starks no. my, kills ten with a spear." My immediate reaction was, "This finish is bullshit." Yeah, because Ricky Starks was losing that match in storyline mm-hmm. until he starts pulling on the mask. Mm-hmm. Then he then does one his spear, one move, out. and it's he's out. Like that's yeah. how weak. 10 is that one spear from mm-hmm. a skinny guy, half yep. his size, ended it. That was right. a garbage finish. I hated it. And thank you for refreshing my memory. I legitimately <laughs> just wrote garbage finish in my face, in my notes on my on my phone. Yep. I hated that. Oh, Wardlow versus Nick Camarado was a lot of fun. That was. Like watching the two guys try and suplex each other. I thought it was mm-hmm. good use. It's the way they should have been using Nick Camarado for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked good in it. Um, and then, of course, the whole uh, the whole chairman thing at the end with Wardlow mm-hmm. and how the the suplex the suplex symphony wasn't getting up. suplex symphony right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some, no, power bombs and power bombs. Yeah, power sorry. Bomb symphony um, wasn't getting over. Which, of course, the crowd was letting them know vociferously it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just ready. I'm ready for it to happen. I'm ready for face Wardlow. Everybody's ready for face Wardlow. But in the meantime, I really like seeing two big bulls go at mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And I want, I think, I'm hoping maybe they're now seeing Nick Camarado. I was immediately hyped about when I saw him on Dark back in the day. Mm-hmm. Clearly wasn't quite there. I'm hoping now they're seeing that he's getting there and that's why he was in this position. I would love for him to break away from the the Nightmare Factory or just the factory on his own and just be a big monster. Um, even if he's losing, you can still be a big monster and do a lot of damage. I remember clearly he's not Stan Hansen. I'm not saying he's Stan Hansen, but there were some there was some good months in, in WCW when Stan Hansen would come in, murder yeah. people, attack yeah. him with the bell, and immediately lose due to disqualification yeah. every week. But it was a lot of fun seeing him wreck people. Maybe we need to get Nick Camarado start doing eating chewing tobacco. He needs a lot of tobacco, and we clearly need the bunny or somebody mouth. Sit, like sending the bunny into the locker room to do interviews. Right, recreate the classic Missy Hyatt moment. <laughs> also, I was about to ask about a, a movie appearance of Stan Hansen's, and I do not remember the name of the movie to even start the conversation. So let's move on. It'll come to you later. It will. Okay, so a lot of fun stuff on Rampage as well. I enjoyed Rampage this week. Sammy versus Andrade was was good. It felt um, like they had too much show for the show. Like things were kind of weirdly edited, and that's been a frequent critique yeah. of AEW is too much stuff. Yeah, um, it felt like they mistimed I, it or something. Yeah, I enjoyed. I actually really enjoyed Orange Cassidy versus Anthony Bowens. I did too. Um, 
They ended up censoring Anthony Bowen's rap, it turns out. Or no, Max Caster's rap coming out with Anthony Bowen's. They took out a line about Vladimir Putin. Oh, gosh. I'm guessing because they don't want Daly's place bombed. Makes sense. Yeah. Then they left in the whole... Um, the whole line that seemed to me <laughs> more have sensitive any black friends. about how the yeah best friends doesn't have any black friends. I was yeah. like, oh man, and, I think and that's then they the one I would have Cassidy, out. who just kind of went, I, how do you? No you wait, you're right. <laughs> yeah, he just and then he kind of shrugged because right. How do you respond to that? There's no good right. response. That we could have gotten Orange Cassidy canceled right there. Yeah, they don't appear to have any black friends, although they no. do seem. I'll say this for best friends, they're kind of bullies on BTE in the back. That, yeah, like for a while, um, uh, Ma- Max Caster, not Max Caster, for a while, Johnny Hungy mm-hmm. had like lost some memory and was he was literally lost, couldn't find the he couldn't find the Dark Order, he couldn't find his mother. He did, however, come across best friends and they simply made fun of him, beat him up and left him lying uh as they walked off that's and that's been a friend re- does that's, that's been a repeated thing for the best friends. They're kind of bullies. Yeah. Um. Okay, what else did we have on this one? We had uh, Hook. We had Hook. Oh, did we ever have Hook? Hook beat up an entire squad of nerds. Mm-hmm. Like just a ton of geeks. Sent a guy was, packing without even. That's right. That's right. Let's say there were five. He beats yeah. up four. The fifth, QT's like directing yeah. on. He wants no part of it. He is not going near it. And I loved it. Um, and I like that, that, that Hook never had to say a word. I don't. Did mm-hmm. he say anything? I don't no, think he, he did. did. Nope. And he doesn't need to. Just like the great moment we're going to talk about in a bit with Dan Housen. Yep. Hook doesn't need to say a word. And there's a hint there. So, you know, when we did our uh, State of the State AEW show, we had some, like, fantasy booking stuff that mm-hmm. for what we'd like to see that we never even got to because we went, like, two hours. Yeah. <laughs> we went so long. Like Next tonight. time, we're going to have to go four. We're just going to have right. to full-on Joe Rogan experience it. Pack a lunch. Four. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I was going to predict and hope for, try to manifest into reality, was Team Taz splitting up and uh, Hook and Taz just being full baby faces. Just Taz just being yeah. the proud dad commentator. He let him be stay on the on the commentary slot. And they kind of had that tonight or uh, or Friday night on yeah. Rampage with QT, like talking trash on Taz. That was the best part of this, the fact that QT was saying, you're not responsible for Hook. Right. I'm responsible. I'm for responsible Hook. for it. I like that. Was, that. that was a great move. And I'm, yeah. I'm 100% with you. I think Hobbs and Starks don't need Taz anymore. They no. don't. They, 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 they will probably be better apart from Team Taz. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about the stupid belt anymore. They don't have to. I think on their so own, you, they're, they're better. What would you think about um, basically Hook taking that belt from Starks and being the FTW champion and just having it be like his little vanity title? He 100% should do it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. He would just casually have it hanging, like hanging over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, like he would, like anybody challenged him, like whatever, basically an orange casty, whatever, like let's go. And he crushes them. I think it's a great idea. I think this, again, I, we've had a lot of large factions in AEW for a while. And I mm-hmm. think we're three years in. It's time to break some of them, some of them up and move mm-hmm. to some newer factions. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I agree. I think would, it would be a great way to go. Hook needs to be the focus for Taz. Mm-hmm. He's clearly the focus for Taz. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be reflected on screen because Hook has. Right. Hook is, totally Hook is part of the story. Hook is Jade Cargill, mm-hmm. who, but can already who work. Can go. Yeah. Who can act, actually go right now. 
I'm sure he has limitations, but they're so far out there. They're, we're not and they're see doing such a, a good job of hiding him. Yeah. And the thing is, every time he, he does, even even beating up geeks, he's doing the same moves he's using in the ring, but they're mm-hmm. so different. And they're so cool. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about his limitations if they're if they are there, like they're talking about with Jade, because the things he, he's doing, no one else does. Right. And uh, and that's brilliant. Like he is his own guy. He's a fully fledged character. Hook is not Johnny Gargano. It's going to be hard, though, because. Uh, you know, they still like to stick to these rankings and it's going to be hard for him to just go undefeated every two weeks. You want to know, you want to what might be the spot where Hook is going to shine? It might be the plan. The Owen Hart tournament. I think mm. we kind of suspect the Owen Hart tournament is a junior heavyweight tournament, a light mm-hmm. heavyweight tournament. Hook is not one of your bigger guys. I think that's the place where we can see him take on people that he might, you know, in storyline and rankings wise, he has no business taking on mm-hmm. and excelling. That might be where we see the real. That's where we really see them strap a rocket to his ass mm-hmm. and just shoot him into space. Wow. Yeah. Pardon my French. <laughs> but I think that's I think if there's anybody you were going to use of all your junior heavyweight types, yeah. the two that they clearly have the most invested in Dante Martin Hook and maybe Daniel Garcia mm-hmm. and, that would be, and, and Darby. But they almost don't really like treat him Darby's, like Darby's kind of beyond that now. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Darby. And again, I would love to see Sting and Darby go for the go for the titles. Also, I had a thought this week and I want to run it by you. What what if what if we ended up in a situation, maybe again in a, a year from now, where Sting is starting to slow down and knows he needs to step away from things, and we see him in a multi-man match, like a four-way for the AEW title, and he ends up happening to win that title and announces, like this is it, I've achieved my goals. At 60 whatever years old, I'm the world champion. I'm I'm dropping the belt and I'm moving on. And then you have a tournament for the belt. I realized that that's something I want to see. I would love to see him get that belt. Clearly, it's not going to be in a one-on-one situation. Mm-hmm. It'd be a situation where he would capitalize on a good 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 position mm-hmm. in a four-man match. I'd love to see him get that belt and immediately retire and walk away as an active wrestler. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't want it to be where he sticks around for another year or two right. as a farewell to wrestling. He's the one guy who I, I think most people would say has no business being champion. I wouldn't mind seeing get that win and then walk away. Yeah, I agree. I think I think even if it's not like a world title or, yeah. you know, I think we talked about you know, even them tag winning, them winning the tag titles would be amazing. Yeah. I think what they they what they will need to do is is I, I hope that he will have a point where he decides it's time that he's had his victory lap. Yeah. And it's time for him to retire and that they build to a really solid yeah. retirement match and make it a pay-per-view, make it a big make event. Make it a big deal. Yeah. One of the top couple matches. Mm-hmm. Also, I think I would really like to see, and I think this has to be something they've thought of. I think they had to have thought about these guys for, for tag champions at some point. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of Darby Allen being in a position a year from now or uh, down the road where he's ha- he's won the TNT title, he's won the tag titles, and the only thing left is a run for the world title. Mm-hmm. I think that I think when he does go for the world title, I think that would be a great way to yeah. do it. This is the only thing left for him in AEW. Mm-hmm. And I think it should, should be a big build over a long period of time to get him there. Yeah, I agree. 
Okay, what else did we have? We had Serena Deeb, Kayla Sparks. Nothing to talk about there, really. Yeah. I can think of. Um, Sammy Andrade. We haven't really talked about it. It was a good match. It was um, good, but it was a little bit like the Brian uh, uh, Daniel Garcia match in that I felt like it wasn't the match. It was like yeah. the match to let you know, hey, this will be a good match later. We're just kind of setting yeah. the table right now. Also, it's so frustrating because Andrade... Andrade's a guy that we all know can, can, can and probably will one day be in the world title picture, mm-hmm. should be in the TNT title picture right mm-hmm. now, but his character just doesn't feel like it's there yet. But I do think it's one they're going to figure out. It, it feels like they're almost there. Yeah, it's they're getting not, there. Like, I like the kind of whole Miami drug lord vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think he's getting more and more into it as he goes they need to get through the AHFO nonsense. And mm-hmm. I think they're very near the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, I'm really excited to see the, the slow descent into madness of Matt Hardy, clearly leading to the debut of Jeff Hardy in some way. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about on Rampage before we move on? No, I don't think so. Think that's it? Yeah. Okay. How much Let, do you want to talk about Revolution? Because we'd want to spoil our preview show. Well, I think we should we should go through each match a little bit. We are okay. going to have a preview show coming up mm-hmm. next Sunday, I believe. This we're going to do it right before the pay per view with the hosts of the Dynamite show as well, Jeff Hawkins, Paul Fontaine. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then Kevin and I, and I don't know if we're going to have guests yet. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it. So much talk, I haven't kept it all straight in my head. Then we are going to go live and do the boom after Revolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, so next Sunday is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, also, Kevin, we are getting near the end of February. We haven't done our February bonus show yet. And I think we yeah. need to have a separate bonus show. So you may getting a, may get a lot of of uh, boom content next week we'll we'll, we'll be yeah. talking about that over the next couple of days i think yeah um i've got some i've got some pretty good ideas um let's talk first about what should have been on dynamite this week kevin uh i have um so there was uh jonathan gresham the ring of honor champion mm-hmm. has a promotion of his own called terminus and i've not seen the first show but the uh second first- show First Terminus was prob- problematic production-wise. I'll say okay. that. Well, it's, you know, self-funded show. They can't all be all in, I guess. Exactly. But, um, I, I like that a guy like him mm-hmm. is is giving it a go. I also like I like the name Terminus, even though most people immediately think of Terminus in The Walking Dead, yeah. where they were eating people. Right. I don't believe Jonathan Gresham's Terminus is cannibal cannibalism based. No, I saw no cannibalism on the show. That's a, that's a positive sign. I think yeah. that's a very positive sign. Yeah. And uh, but I like that he's giving it a go. I like that he's doing it, and I hope I hope I more do. people do it in a good way. Yeah, so the reason I picked it is because I felt like it was a little bit of a preview of what we will see on Dynamite at some point, because we've heard rumors of Jonathan Gresham backstage. Yes, I was um, going to bring that up. And also, uh, we got to see uh, Swerve, Swerve the Realist, Shane Strickland. Love it. Um, How was in it? A match. I haven't seen it. I had no idea. I knew this was coming. Yeah. It's been a really busy week for me. I never yeah. I never put two and two together. It was happening on a Thursday. Yeah. Thursday's not a day I look for wrestling. It really isn't. No. And but it, it you know, it was it was a good little show. It was interesting that it's a different style because it's very Jonathan Gresham, almost pure wrestling style. Yeah. 
uh, they had to swerve the realist against uh, Davy Richards, who I haven't seen Davy Richards in many years. It's been a while, yeah. Um, How did Davy look? Davy looked pretty good. I mean, he's looking older, but he's still built. He still does all the moves. Still looks he's super still intense. Got- yeah, awesome. Um, but Swerve, man, he felt like just everything you thought, you know, back in the day with the hit row and all that stuff. Yeah. When he gets to AEW, he's going to be a I big deal. He, he just he just had that aura. You know, as you were talking about all this, it just hit me going back to the Owen Hart tournament. So I named three people that I think could do well in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Daniel Garcia, Hook, Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. Throw in Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. He would be one of the smallest guys in AEW. Mm-hmm. Also, my God, I just one of the whitest guys too. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, which uh, you know, I, I can absolutely respect being one of the whitest guys I personally know. And it just hit me: John Silver has to be in that tournament. Now it's going to be the best tournament that's ever happened. That's going to be phenomenal. Um, but yeah, just thinking about Jonathan Gresham versus potentially versus Hook. Good lord, man, that could be phenomenal. So I'm excited about Swerve. I'm really excited about Swerve. I'm really glad. I'm glad to get this feedback. I'm going to see if I can uh, get Terminus downloaded completely legally, not in (laughs) any way illegally uh, tonight. Although, let me tell you, Kevin, Sunday all of a sudden turned into a big TV night. I realized right before we did this show, like I've got to to put together a bunch of presentations for this job I'm going for. Mm -hmm. Plus, I'm like, well, we got to do the boom. And I'm always excited for the boom. Mm -hmm. Then I realized tonight, 1883 season finale Mm -hmm. and Peaky Blinders season premiere both hit today. Yeah, Yeah. Season six, episode one. Again, I don't know if it's available on Netflix yet, but I do know it's available through totally legal downloads at the moment yeah um so i hate doing this but my should have been on dynamite is essentially a recap like the same that i had last week Mm -hmm. um right now i've been saying it dan housen's blog is kind of like the his vlog dan housen's vlog uh love love that dan housen is kind of a meta vlog at the moment because every week everybody in AEW that has vlogs and that is Everyone in AEW, they're all coming to Danhausen, and he's including everyone's vlogs that they're recording in his. Right. So this week, for the second time, you get Danhausen and Ethan Page together. This time at a at a toy convention. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Danhausen and the bunny. The bunny who is completely charming has a phenomenal personality. Oh yeah. And, and I hope I hope AEW uses her more. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, if she gets injured or something, I would love to see her doing backstage interviews, a la mm-hmm. Missy Hyatt back in the day, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They 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 discuss uh, they they do an Oreo taste testing of some new types yes. of Oreos. Yes. Um, we get Danhausen interacting with Hook, which is one that I think. Let's just jump to you because this is one of your uh, your picks this week as well. Yeah, Dan. This is this that totally should have been on Dynamite or probably Rampage since it's Hook's show. Yeah, that's uh, right. It kind of is. Danhausen goes backstage and basically says, you know, there's this guy Hook, and I hear he likes chips and he's very dangerous. So right. I'm going to make friends with him so that he can be on my side. And he just walks up to Hook. Hook's sitting there eating chips. And he tosses him some Doritos. I was like, there, like feeds it to him like he's a puppy. Yeah. 
the puppy you're getting in my ta- background. Toss, exactly. Tosses it on the table. Yeah. And then brings up the idea. Yeah. Why Maybe don't I do, do this, this every, every week? week? Yeah. Maybe we do and this every week. Hooks him so, seriously into that. So Danhausen's basically the new guy in the prison yard. Yeah. Like trying to shore up alliances. It's it's really fascinating because you have all the people coming to Danhausen to, to, to kind of get the rub off the heat he has mm-hmm. right now, the popularity mm-hmm. he has. And then you have Danhausen out here trying to he's trying to acquire um, the twenty thousand dollar necklace off of uh, who was it? I can't remember exactly whose necklace it was, but he was oh, trying it was, to uh, Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky was yeah. trying to borrow twenty thousand dollars from Ethan Page and then from the bunny who claimed right. she was going to get it for him. Mm-hmm. He's bringing, he's bribing Hook with chips. Which let me tell you, there, there is, there was, there was a deeper strategy here from Danhausen, which I appreciated because <laughs> Hook was eating plain yeah. lays, right? Maybe the least interesting chip known to man. Right. Yep. Danhausen comes in with Cool Ranch Doritos. Cool Ranch Doritos. It's on right. another level. Premium. Extra, now, look, it's not a hot chip. Right. Hot chip is clearly the pinnacle, according yeah. to every high school and college girl I've ever known in my life. <laughs> but Cool Ranch is well on the way. It's yeah. well on the way. It's a next level chip. And I really hope we get more of this. And I love the idea. Danhausen's just, just kind of a... A supernatural con man yep. just trying to get trying to get the monies from just everyone. Politicking. Yeah. Yeah. And politic. And, and it's phenomenal. And on Twitter, he uh, he threatened to go to AEW shop and buy one of the eight hundred dollar replica belts and wear it every appearance on TV. Oh, my God. Just to stir chaos. I would love that. That would be so great. I cannot look. He's clearly being held back due to his leg not being healed. I can't wait to see more of him. And mm-hmm. let's be clear. When it comes to superpowers in professional wrestling, every time he's cursed someone on AEW, yep. they've they've either lost or they've gotten completely wiped out by Orange yep. Cassidy or somebody in the best friends every it's time. True. Don't mess with it. Look, Danhausen Danhausen with Ethan Page is a really winning combo, especially because Ethan Page clearly enjoys Danhausen's character so much. Danhausen continually cracks him up, and the Ethan Page I see on Danhausen's mm-hmm. blogs mm-hmm. is a better Ethan Page than I've ever seen on AEW. Absolutely, ever. Yeah. Um. He's also like he and the Bunny are phenomenal together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were feeding Oreos to a a, a a cardboard cutout of MJF. Yep. Um. And the Bunny also has. Although I think it's really because on on in character she's a heel in real life she's clearly a face yeah. she's clearly an adorable charming woman yes. yeah. I hope at some point we get to see that adorable charming woman on AEW done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah the vlogs have really been picking up since Stanhausen's been here everybody's vlogs oh and of course I kind of wish this was video this week because uh, which. Video will be back soon. This has all been on me and that I've got just too much going on to really get hard into the video right now. But um, Thunder Rosa released a video yesterday, doppelgangers and booty in Puerto Rico, in which the cover photo is is her admiring another woman's booty who has a fine booty. And then I've got a friend, an AEW watching friend on, um, who, of course, I've never met, just a Twitter mm-hmm. friend mm-hmm. named Melissa, uh, Melissa X1125, um, who posted this 15 hours ago. So Sunday morning, uh, quote, Mommy, you know why I like why I really like Thunder Rosa, uh, Thunder Rosa's vlog. And she's like, why, JJ? JJ's her six year old son. He goes, they show a lot of butts. <laughs> and that has blown up. Of course, everyone on Twitter is attacking her for having a child who's seen a butt. 
Um, but I just thought this is like Thunder Rosa knows her audience. She's going heavy yeah. into it. And even the six-year-olds now understand mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa, her vlog addresses two topics, tacos and butts. And frankly, those are two things that are very relevant to my interests, Kevin. And so I've got to keep talking about her vlog each and every week yep. as she leans into the exact interests that I that I currently possess. She will make many monies. She will make all the monies. Yeah. Which, by the way, we never the reason I was tuning into Thunder Rose's vlog this week was to see the taco vlog with Dan Housen and to see him dance in front of the Alamo. It either did not happen or it's going to take her a little while to mm. edit it and get that together. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that's the case. I hope it happened. Yeah. Yep. OK, so we've gotten through that. I think that's really there's nothing really extra from social media to talk about this week. We're getting really close to two hours for a show that's supposed to last one hour to an hour 15. <laughs> Let's go through Revolution. I don't know if we have all the matches yet. I think we have most. Let's see. Yeah, we have one, there's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine was kind of the sweet spot back in the day. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. we get one more, but this might be it. Um. Again, main event, Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. I'm super mm-hmm. excited. I think we all know who's going to win, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. This one's good. This one's fascinating because it's not, not only a rematch from a phenomenal match from last year that we all want to see. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, uh, we all want to see round two. We all want to see that second take. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't know who's going to win. It could, it could be Thunder Rosa. I don't know, but... I'd like a match where I don't know who's going to win. We've got yeah. a Drax Express versus Red, Red Dragon versus another team. It feels like it's probably going to be the Bucks. Is that who you see moving in here? I, I think Since, it's got to be. I just can't imagine yeah. them doing a pay-per-view without the Bucks in a match. Exactly. They have to have a match. They have to. And I don't think either of them is injured right now, or I haven't heard anything about an injury on BTE. Mm-hmm. And generally, when they have an injury, they talk about it on BTE. Right. Um, and Santana and Ortiz are probably going to be a little preoccupied with this Jericho mm-hmm. Kingston thing, mm-hmm. but they're hot right now. And I feel like they should be on this pay-per-view in some yeah. official capacity. Um, Jade Cargo versus Ty Conti feels like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't see Ty Conti winning. The, the, no. the build is strong with Jade. We need to keep that going. Um, next, we have the face of the revolution ladder match. We have currently have Keith Lee. Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, Orange Cassidy, and I think we're going to have one more person in this match. And one I, or two. They I, one or two. So I heard someone say they they were thinking there were seven maybe in a past match, but I don't know. That sounds right, and that's something that's easy to look up. You could we do just, it on Wednesday and Friday it. and have two, but yeah. So um, clearly, Team Taz has a little bit of an advantage here so far with mm-hmm. Starks and Hobbs. Keith Lee, I think Keith. There's too many. Here's the deal. Keith Lee should be the star of this match. Yes. Wardlow should be the star of this match. Mm-hmm. And Hobbs and Ricky Starks feel like they have to be stars of this match because they are the powerhouse mm-hmm. combo. Um, so I think no matter what happens, this match may be both really good and a little bit of a letdown because we all want to see Wardlow win. We all want to see Keith Lee win. And I I would, I really wouldn't mind seeing uh, Will Hobbs or, or Ricky Starks win. Um and it's odd that Orange Cassidy has for a long time been one of my favorites. I have no interest in seeing him win yeah. in any way. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's kind of the point where I'm not even sure why Orange Cassidy is in it. 
uh, yeah. other than he's just at a certain level you and know what? want him to go too low. You know the real reason I think Orange Cassidy's in this match? Because he doesn't want to climb? I think because we're going to see Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow and Keith Lee toss him around like oh, a rag yeah. doll. Yeah. He's the perfect size and he's a big star. Yeah. So we're going to see a, a, a baby face star get manhandled by <laughs> monsters. I really think that's it. He's yeah. the right size for this match. They'll probably they'll probably see a spot where he starts to climb and then has to stop, take a break after like two steps. I hope so. Because he's just I too really, lazy. I really hope so. Oh, my God. Now, I, okay, Orange Cassidy gasses out two steps up. Yep. Gets Powerhouse Hobbs yeah. <laughs> does not grab Orange Cassidy. He grabs the whole damn ladder <laughs> and tosses the whole contraption out with Orange on it. Right. That's the spot I'd like to see yeah. um, without hopefully any deaths. Um, yeah, CM, CM Punk versus MJF kind of feels like the star of the show. Yeah. It's not going to be the main, but it feels kind of like the main here. I think it's, yeah, it's the number one match on the show. Speaking of non-main event, main events, John Moxley, yeah. Brian Danielson. Mm. I really do. Brian Danielson is not the, or John Moxley is not the guy I saw being the, the cohort for Brian Danielson's like shooter squad. Mm-hmm. But now that they've teased it, I, I really want it. I think that would be uh, really yeah. cool. I love what's going to happen. Set up, yeah. I love they have it set up where they could go either way. Yeah, either way, they're going to have a great match, and then they could totally. That's the yeah. thing on on the preview show is uh, I want to know if who people think is going to win, and if they think this group is going to come together with these two, because I feel like this group is going to come together. Mm-hmm. Maybe not with these two. Mm-hmm. Up and up has strong feelings about this match right now. <laughs> Luckily, she's only expressing them physically and not verbally. Um, Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I'm as excited about that as anything else. I am too. And then, yeah, those three matches right there, those are the show to me. That's that's the meat. Yeah, yeah. this one, all killer, no filler, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Then Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Sting, which is a hell of a trio mm-hmm. versus Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. Not quite as exciting a trio. No, she feels like a pre-show match or something. It, it really does, and and maybe it'll turn out being a pre-show mm-hmm. match. But I like. I'm glad Darby and Sting are on this. It's a way to use Sammy Guevara, I guess, without having the title match. Mm-hmm. It's too early. To, I don't think they can de- debut Jeff Hardy. I think this is still like three or four days too early. I don't think yeah. he's available. Uh, oh, she got the water bottle. Here we <laughs> go with more ASMR, um, which I think is a good reason to end the show right now um, with to the dulcet tones of Puppet Up and her water bottle. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a full breakdown on this. Before, yep. I think it's going to be live on YouTube. Am mm-hmm. I right about this, Kevin? I believe, I believe that's the plan as of right now. The Like the hour before Revolution. I think I'll mm-hmm. try and push them to go an hour and a half, two hours before Revolution. Because mm-hmm. clearly we're two-hour podcast type guys. We're proving <laughs> that right now. Just so we can much, be completely exhausted yeah, by the end of the show. Much less having Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins here. I think right. which is going to be fantastic. Um, I'm excited to talk about this because every match here, there's so there's so much depth mm-hmm. on the show. This is what I'm going to push for, Kevin. Okay. I want winner predictions. Mm-hmm. I want storyline predictions. But mm-hmm. I want to do something else that I've talked with you about in the past. I want people to predict the star ratings so that afterwards mm. we can go back Compare them to Dave Meltzer's star ratings and see who came the closest. Because we know when you lay out this show, you can't like everybody can't have five star matches. There's got to be some quicker matches. And I want to see how well people are able to protect to predict the pay-per-view using star ratings. I think it'll be a lot of fun.
I'm down with it. All right. Well, I guess we're done for uh, we're done with the boom for this week. We're an hour and 54 minutes in. I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia, fightgamemedia.com on the larger interwebs. And I hope you'll all join us again next week right here on The Boom.